0: Hey guys, this is Matt from the Skeptic Squared Podcast. I'm just letting you know that you are about to listen to an episode of the show recorded before we chose the name Skeptic Squared, and our contact information is different from what you will hear during this recording. If you would like to contact us, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. You can also visit the show's blog at www.skepticsquaredpodcast.blogspot.com. As always, if you like what you hear, please rate us and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Circle Squared Podcast,
1: a safe place to make light of sacred things.
0: My name is Matt,
1: and I'm Corinne,
0: and on this program we will discuss various topics and current events pertaining to religion, atheism, and skepticism. Our goal is not to insult believers, although that will probably
1: happen from time to time,
0: but rather to express our views on these issues in a way which may benefit and entertain others.
1: Or maybe we just want to stroke our own egos. You decide.
0: Hello and welcome to the Circle Squared Podcast. Today is Sunday, November 8th, 2015, and with me is my lovely wife, Corinne. Hello. <laughs> uh, today we will be discussing a variety of topics, including some current events regarding the Mo- the Mormon Church's stance on homosexuals. They recently had uh, some new things to say about that that have caused a bit of a, a stir on social media. Um... If you would like to contact us, you can email us at circlesquaredpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also view the show's blog at www.circlesquaredpodcast.blogspot.com and leave a comment there. If you like what you hear, please rate us and leave a review on whatever platform you find us. So, how are you doing, Corinne?
1: I'm recovering from an illness.
0: Yeah, Yeah, yeah we were both kind of sick this last week. That's why we didn't do an episode last weekend. Um, but we seem to be on the upswing, so we decided to give it a shot, especially since there's so much stuff going on, um, this week. Um, so let's kind of get into it. Uh, we, we kind of have, we're going to try a little bit of a different format for the show today than what we've done in the past. Um, this is a format that's used in lots of different podcasts, uh, where they basically just go through news items and talk about them. So we've been collecting some stuff. We've got different things to talk about. Um, let's see. One of the first ones that I found was an article from, I'm not even sure how to pronounce this, The Faldmos Happy Life, F A L D M O S. not sure how to pronounce that. Um, it looks like it's a blog from some faithful Mormons. And uh, it's called Ten Reasons you should be a Mormon, so it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek sort of thing. Um, it's meant to be a little bit lighthearted, but but these sorts of things always have a little bit of a you know a, a mirror of truth to it. You know, like like it's meant to be kind of humorous, mm-hmm. but deep down, this is kind of actually a thing that people really believe right. to a certain extent. Um, so one of the things is Jesus Christ is the center of our faith. Um, seems kind of nonsensical to me right off the bat. It's like, why should you be a Mormon? Do, just because you worship Jesus Christ? Like, that's the first thing on the list. <laughs> it's like, why Why is that important? Why does that actually matter? I don't know.
1: Maybe because lots of people don't think Mormons are actually Christians.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's kind of what I was thinking with it as well. Like, that's kind of the angle that they're probably going with. Um, but... I mean, the version of, of Jesus Christ that Mormons believe is not the same as what mainstream Christians believe. Right. So it is still kind of a little silly. Um, God speaks to the world through a prophet. This is number two. Still speaks. Still speaks to the world through a prophet. So <laughs> this bites into the, the Mormon notion that um, Jesus came in Uh, you know, at the meridian of time, the middle of time, Mm -hmm. and set up his church and saved humanity and all that stuff, and it ran really well for a little while, and then everything went sour, and there was the great apostasy that Mormons like to talk about. Um, And Mormons believe that after the Dark Ages, Joseph Smith restored the original church, and now we have a living prophet. That tells us what to do mm. rather than those pesky dead prophets telling us what to do. <laughs> <laughs> the Pope. Right, or the Pope. Right. Um, so, that, I don't know. Mormons make a big deal about how they still have a prophet, how prophecy isn't dead. Mm. It's a little obnoxious, honestly. Because they, they can never really pin down what it means to even be a prophet or how they know that this person is a prophet. You know what I mean?
1: Faith. Spirit.
0: Yeah. Faith in the spirit.
1: Personal revelation.
0: Yeah. So you have to have a revelation telling you that this other person is receiving <laughs> revelation for you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Three. The Book of Mormon is more, all caps, evidence of Christ.
1: <laughs> this one's funny to me. <laughs> oh it's another testament of Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. It's, it's the, the subtitle of the Book of Mormon. Um, it's just, it's absurd. It's like saying, um, because there's, you know, this additional book of, say, fan fiction that, by, that, that talks about the world or the universe of Star Wars, that that gives validity to the, the original Star Wars seri- series being true. It's just <laughs> absurd. Just because somebody wrote another book about it doesn't make the first book true. It doesn't make the second book true. It doesn't make any of the characters real. It's, yeah, silly. <laughs> uh, let's see. Number four, no paid clergy. <laughs> <laughs> I love this one. Yeah. So so Mormons like to make a big deal about this one. And this is actually something that comes from the Book of Mormon itself, which is one of the few things that the church does that actually comes from the Book of Mormon rather than, say, oh. the, the Doctrine and Covenants. right. The, the Book of Mormon makes a big deal about uh, church leaders not being paid to be church leaders. Mm. There's several examples in the Book of Mormon of, of that. Uh, probably the most famous of which is uh, King Benjamin. He, he made a big deal in his final speech about how he never like really taxed anybody. Yeah, oh. you know, he was a, he was a farmer, supported himself, that kind of thing. Right. Um, well, the funny thing about this is that the no-paid clergy thing
1: only goes so high.
0: Right, it, it's it's only applied or it, it's only applicable to local leaders. Hmm. Um, once you get past, I think it's stake president, so you become like an area authority or general authority. Um, you
1: get some you get, stipend. Yeah, you get
0: a stipend, and and because the church has closed books, closed finances, we have no idea how much they actually get paid. Right. So that's fun.
1: <laughs> so that's part of your tithing money.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So when, when people say, when Mormons say that their clergy doesn't get paid and like this is a big thing. And I, I even remember talking about this to people on my mission. Oh. Um, I remember one, one time we, uh, we found a, an older gentleman who was um, more educated than a lot of the people that we had come into contact with. Um, and he challenged us and oh, basically said, yeah, like he basically said, <laughs> like you guys are telling me that nobody in the higher ups of the church gets any money from the organization like I don't believe you right and and I was just so frustrated <laughs> like 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 why wouldn't you believe us like like we're telling you like we're uh, members of the church we, and we, we should know exactly and you should know yeah and that's the thing like yeah. they should know but a lot of people don't and this this blog post is the perfect example of how most or just the you know the common people within the church, don't know this mm.
1: um, well and I think part of the reason they like to talk about how they don't get paid is because they don't think that they're doing it for an agenda like other right. reverends it's an or pastors motive. have an ulterior motive they just want your money mm. but our bishops don't get paid they're doing this because they right. you know actually have the spirit yada 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 Right, so, which is dumb
0: yeah and then the, you know the, the few people that do know about the, the paid clergy the higher ups getting some money um, for instance, my dad. He, he, like I, I remember talking to him about it once. I think it was after my mission. He just kind of mentioned it, and his rationale was that these men um, usually come from a very successful, business-oriented. A lot of them were, you know, lawyers or doctors, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And they 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 make a lot of money. They become very successful in what they do in their career, and then they get called to this position. That completely takes over their life. Right. Um, as we, we talked about a couple episodes ago, like a lot of these people have to move to other countries, mm-hmm. like you know, uproot their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's something like a living stipend, like a, some small right. compensation sort of thing. But again, which we is don't, fine. which would be fine. But we don't know how much they get paid. Exactly. And most people still don't know that they get paid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like they're the ones that make a big deal about it. Mm-hmm. You know. It's like honestly, I don't care if they get paid or not. Right. Um, Yeah. Although, um, we could tie this into the Clergy Project, which we haven't talked about yet. Um, Daniel Dennett, um, being a a member of the the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, one of the new atheists Mm -hmm. that uh, wrote a book a couple years ago, 10 years ago, 15, whatever it was. Um, Well, he, he started a project called the Clergy Project, where... It became a, a support group for people that are in the clergy, you know, pastors, priests, that kind of thing, um, who no longer believe in God and can't get out of their um, clergy positions mm. because that is their livelihood and they don't mm. have professional skills in other areas, so they, they can't support their family and that kind of stuff. Mm. So, yeah, it's interesting stuff. Okay, um, number five, biggest missionary program Ever. Ever. <laughs> well, it probably
1: is. It probably is, that's true. It's best organized, at least.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only one that I can think of that would rival it would be the Jehovah's Witnesses, and that's only because they require every member to go out and do some, you know, missionary work, like every week or every month or something. that. there's a set amount of hours mm-hmm. that they're supposed to do.
1: Like service hours?
0: Yeah. Yeah, like service hours. Um... So, you know, Mormon missionaries, there's close to 80,000 missionaries around the world right now, and the reason why it's so high, it didn't used to be that high, um, is it's because... They changed the age. Exactly, they changed the age. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it used to be closer to, I think it was like 60,000 um, a couple years ago. Yeah,
1: I don't pay attention
0: to Yeah, that. And then uh, they changed the age, lowered it a little bit, so that created this like kind of boom, Yeah. this influx of missionaries going out. Um, so my guess is that in the next couple of years, it'll level out and be more like what it used to be. Um, but again, this is... It might a,
1: still be a little bit higher. Maybe. Just because they are so young, they're just getting out of high school. Most of them are still yeah. going to be in that mindset.
0: That's true. And that's something that we've talked about before, um, just in our personal conversations, like lowering the age will kind of get them while they're young, mm-hmm. um, which is something that they try to do a lot yeah. already. Um, but having to be a lower age means that they won't go to college first. They won't get any sort of formal education. They'll be straight out of high school, straight out of their homes. And more of them will be inclined to, to go on missions. Um, yeah. So that's fun. But, I mean, I think that that, in the long run, is going to bite them in the butt because that means that the problem that they currently have with people going on missions and then coming home and leaving the church is going to be exacerbated. It's going to be made worse. Because you have these younger people that don't really know what they're talking about coming out even younger and even less informed. Mm. And when they come back, it's going to be even worse than what it is now. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, let's see. Number six, death does not separate families. <laughs> Again, these are all reasons that you should be a Mormon. Right. yeah so this is a big thing that comes up in in Mormon churches a lot the idea that families Families go on forever forever. yeah like death does not separate a family that kind of thing
1: unless you leave the church Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) exactly and that's how they rope you in yeah that's why a lot of people are too afraid to even ask questions about the church that's why I didn't ask questions for a long time yep you know anyway it's kind of a pervasive idea, I think. It's, yeah, kind of depressing. And really...
1: Oh my gosh, I love that. Would God put us here in families just to break them apart at death?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's that's one of the things that is so absurd about this whole idea, is that if there is an afterlife, if there is a heaven or a hell, and, and people go to it, um, like, just because you, you died like, what would that actually do to your family? Like, why do you have to have the special ceremony in a temple to make your family last forever? Like, like why can't it just go on forever anyway? You already have the relationship with these people. You know, it's like, what's stopping you? Hmm. <laughs> Number seven, temples, followed by, like, ten exclamation marks. So, yeah, so Mormons believe that their temples are extra special like you know spiritual buildings where they do these extra special ordinances that will save you from damnation and because of this because of this belief that they have you too should be a mormon right
1: well the temples are what <laughs> makes the eternal families possible so those two are tied together
0: yeah 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 anyway
1: you can feel the peace there even just walking around the grounds <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, temple grounds are very well maintained. the The outside of the temples, honestly, are more impressive than the insides of most temples that I've been to. Yeah, um, I've I've heard some people describe the temples as mini mansions, <laughs> or um, oh, what was it?
1: That says pretend castles.
0: Pretend castles, or uh, there was another one. It's like a, a a middle middle ground or middle level hotel lobby. You know, like, there's nothing especially nice about most temples. Like, there's a few. Like, the older ones. are really clean. Yeah, they're really clean. They're very white. The older temples have some cool architecture. Um, Some of the first ones that were built, like the Salt Lake Temple, has some really cool artwork, like murals and stuff Mm -hmm. drawn on the walls. Um, But aside from that, like, there's nothing particularly impressive about them. It's
1: the work that happens inside.
0: Right, exactly. It's, it's what happens inside that's so important to, to Mormons. Um, but they are expensive. They're very expensive. They like their marble.
1: And the lights are always on. The lights
0: are always on. Yeah. Anyway.
1: I'm so glad I never had to clean the temple. Is that a thing? Did you have to do that? Yeah.
0: I never had to do My that. parents
1: have done it a few times. I don't know how they do it, but like wards get assigned to do it every once in a while. Uh-huh. and from what I've heard like you seriously go in and you clean everything with like Q-tips <laughs> you're wow. in your temple clothing cleaning the temple with like hmm. tiny thing. yeah I guess, guess it
0: makes sense yeah I mean who else is going to clean it you'd have to be a temple a temple
1: uh, worker yeah a temple worker temple or something worthy, like that
0: yeah I have a temple recommend that's interesting yeah. you know because like when I when I was um, first kind of getting out of the church that's like when they, like, started pushing the whole, like, members going and cleaning the church buildings and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's when that became, like, a big thing. Um, so I, d- I never really did that. They tried to get me to sign up a few times, but I never really did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that they did that for temples, too. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know exactly how it works, but I know a few people that have done it.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Okay, number eight, authority from God. <laughs> Yeah. So this is one that. uh, No one
1: can just stand up and decide they have authority from God to start a church. (laughs) That's amazing because that's exactly what Joseph Smith did. Exactly.
0: Like that is totally what Joseph Smith did. He stood up in front of everybody, came up with this fantastic story about how God had appeared to him personally (laughs) um, and told him to start this new church. Like that is exactly what they did, but um, because Mormons have this extra special good feeling about it, right. they think that this gives them extra special authority <laughs> yeah. to do stuff. Yeah, it's all abstract. It's all just—it's convoluted. It's That's weird. Fantastic. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. Interrupted you. <laughs> no, I'm just kind of trying to avoid reading all of the paragraphs. Yeah, like I there, there are some good bits in it that kind of made me chuckle. But uh, it would take forever to actually get through this. Anyway, um, number nine we aren't perfect, but we have the same goals.
1: What do they mean by that? We, we aren't perfect, goals? but we have
0: the same goals. Um, it, it's uh, the idea that the church is made up of imperfect people, but it's still unified and it's still true, that kind of thing. Um, but what are the goals? That is a good question. Probably more of that uh, temple stuff. You know, doing the temple work, saving mankind.
1: Or is the goal just to be in the celestial kingdom?
0: I yeah, That would be probably. the ultimate goal. Yeah. Huh. Um, let's see, so the first line says, lots of people think members of our faith are supposed to be perfect robot clones of each other. <laughs> At least that's what it feels like sometimes. That's um, what they make it look like. That, that is what they make it look like, especially... <laughs> Um, if you go to BYU, Brigham Young Un- oh. University, mm. which is Mormon-owned, Mormon-run, mm-hmm. and there's a you few of the them. BYU's. Yeah, there's a few of the, the, uh, these campuses around the country. And you go there, and they go out of their way to um, make everybody look the same and act the same. You know, they, they banned, um, you know, beards, they banned long hair, they banned, you know, extreme hairstyles, they, they, banned they banned
1: shorts on yeah, the Idaho campus. Yeah, the Idaho campus, you can't
0: even wear shorts if you're oh wait, guy or for a girl. guy or a girl. Um, it used to be that they had to wear skirts if you're a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In fact, no, that that used to be regular BYU, like the main BYU in Provo. Like my mom oh, went sense. to BYU um, in the early 70s, and I remember her saying like how cold it was, and how she hated riding on the back of my dad's motorcycle in the winter. Oh, right. Because she had to wear a skirt. <laughs> a skirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that's the kind of, you know, environment that they're breeding. So for them to say that, you know, they're not perfect and they're not all the same, they're not all these robot clones, they, they certainly they try. try to be. Yeah. They, they they try to create this environment of homogeny, mm-hmm. you know? That's why
1: all the missionaries look the same, too. Oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs> yep. And number 10, happiness forever.
1: Which, again, ties into <laughs> like three of those.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you can be happy forever as long as you're a good Mormon. <laughs> so that's why you should be a Mormon. Convinced. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun stuff. Um, okay, do you have anything else? I I No. Okay. No. Cool. So this one I found um, a week or so ago. It's from one of my favorite blogs called The Friendly Atheist. I recommend everybody check it out. It's on patheos.com. Um, he has some really good stuff. Um, he, he's really good about staying up with certain kinds of current events and articles. Um, so I, so he posted um, this article a couple weeks ago. Um Oh, it's actually more recent than that. It says November 4th. Okay, so that was more Let's recent see. than I remember. Anyway, so, so the article um, is titled, Christian Publication Claims Gay Father and Gay Son Want to Marry. The Actual Story is Heartbreaking. That's the whole title. Um, so, so the way that these different Christian organizations, the, um, these news publications framing this particular story is that you have a gay father and a gay son and the father wants to marry the son now that gay marriage is legal they're trying to draw fear from the whole slippery slope right, right. right. it's the stuff that we heard about for months and months before gay marriage was legalized mm-hmm. you know if you do this then everybody this will yeah, be everybody will be marrying cats and dogs mm-hmm. and polygamy and all that kind of stuff so this is one of the stories that they're pointing to is saying, now, the legal, now that gay marriage is legal, this kind of stuff is starting to happen. Right. Okay, so it sounds really ridiculous, right? Like a gay father trying to marry his gay son. Right. Um, but what actually happened was these two men who, um, according to this article, have been in a relationship since 1970s, okay? So they're older gentlemen. Um, they were not able to get married – so the, the loophole that they came, uh, that they, they, they found so that they could have um, rights in the hospitals, like, you know, next uh, to kin mm-hmm. stuff, you know, um, was that one of them, the older one, adopted the younger one. Oh, my God. Okay. So the older one, um, I forget which one it is. I think it says, yeah. So Mr. Esposito, who is 78, adopted 68-year-old Mr. Brosi or Bosey, in 2012. So so they did this so that they could have um, next-of-kin rights in hospitals in case there was an emergency, that kind of thing. And now that um, same-sex marriage is legalized...
1: <laughs> they want to actually get married. They want to
0: actually get married, okay? And, and rightfully so. Right. You know, I mean, that's, like, the reasonable thing to do. Um, but they're being denied this because a judge is saying that they can't have their, um, adoption annulled. Okay. And so from that, from the actual story, which is just, just terrible. Yeah. Um, these Christian organizations, um, in particular, the publication, um, Charisma is reporting this as, uh, a gay father wanting to marry his gay son. <laughs> yeah. It's absurd. It is absolutely terrible. Yeah. And, and this is the the levels to which they have to stoop in order to make their slippery slope arguments Work. stick. Right. You know. I When I came across this story, I was just like, like, they they got to be kidding. Like, is this really how they're approaching this? But it, it really is. Like, if you click on, you know, the links and stuff, it takes you right to the Charisma argue, uh, article, mm-hmm. and it's just absurd, you know. But, you know, such is the absurdity of religion, I guess, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so before we get to um, the most recent current events with the Mormon church and homosexuality um, I I wanted to do something a little bit lighter because we're going to be ending on a little bit more of a, a serious note so before we get to that I found a couple of quizzes um, online <laughs> the first one of which is called Joel Osteen or fortune cookie so, so Joel Osteen, for those who don't know, is a mega church pastor. Um, I forget where he's stationed. It's probably Colorado or Texas, one of those places that has those big, you know, stadium-sized churches. And basically, he's he's like the, the smiley-faced version of evangelical Christianity. Okay, he, he's he's pretty he's pretty light. He's pretty you know positive. A lot of people criticize him for not being um, you know. Mainline enough, mm-hmm. you know. He's just a little too soft for some people's taste, I suppose. Anyway, so so let's go through this quiz. First one: um, Happiness is not the absence of conflict, but the ability to cope with it. Uh, so, this hmm. is Joel Osteen or a fortune cookie. Osteen. Osteen. Yeah. Correct answer is a fortune cookie. Darn
1: it. <laughs> fortune cookies aren't
0: even fortune cookies anymore. Well, that, yeah, that's a separate topic, I suppose. Okay, next one. You're not responsible for other people's happiness. You are responsible for your own happiness.
1: Let's go with Osteen.
0: Yeah, that one sounds very Osteen-esque. Correct. It was Joel Osteen. Uh, let's see, number three. Take time to make a difference. Think about how... You can make somebody else's life better.
1: Fortune cookie. Dang uh, Joe Mostyn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that one could have gone either way.
1: <laughs> well, obviously, yeah, any of them are gonna go either
0: way. Right. Uh, next one. Avoid focusing on the negative aspects of the past. Fortune cookie. That one sounds like a fortune cookie to me too. Yep, fortune cookie. Um, let's see. You can just as easily tuck yourself out of your dream as you can tuck yourself into it.
1: Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Osteen.
0: Yes. Yes, that was Joel Osteen. That was a little too deep for a fortune. Paper. Yeah, that was... That wasn't, yeah. Um, when you can't naturally feel upbeat, it can sometimes help to act as if you did. Oh, no, kind of confusing. Damn, <laughs> fortune cookie. That's why it's confusing. To affirm is to make firm. <laughs> <laughs> that one's got hosting all over it. <laughs> <laughs> no! no! Fortune cookie. Or the fortune cookie. <laughs> uh, let's see. True greatness is not how bright you shine, but how bright you make others shine.
1: <sighs> fortune cookie.
0: God. Osteen. <laughs> <laughs> um, number nine. Somebody needs your encouragement. Somebody needs to know that you believe in them.
1: Uh, ooh, um, ooh. Fortune cookie.
0: Can't. Osteen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just need to guess him every time.
0: Yeah. Uh, number ten. The best li- the best things in life aren't things. Fortune cookie. I think I've heard that before. It is fortune cookie. Can't remember where I've heard that before. Um, let's see. Eleven. You will produce what you're continually seeing in your mind. <laughs> uh, Osteen. Yes. Osteen. Osteen. <laughs> Judge each day not by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds you plant. Hmm, fortune cookie. Yep, fortune cookie. Uh, Oh, that's the whole quiz. Okay, so submit. Six out of (laughs) twelve. So, chance.
1: All Osteen quotes were taken from his Twitter feed.
0: (laughs) Wow. Oh, that's good. That's fun stuff. Okay, so... So that's uh, Joel Osteen or a fortune cookie. The the other quiz that I got, (laughs) I'm excited about this one. Um, Who said it? Ben Carson or Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? (laughs) So so we've kind of been watching the show off and on together. I've seen more of it than Corinne has. Um, And Mac is one of the more... Um, obtuse (laughs) characters on the show I love him I think he's I think he's a great character but he is also kind of their like their take on uh, Christian fundamentalist which is funny because he's a Catholic oh right yeah Yeah. so anyway so (laughs) we're going to be comparing presidential candidate Ben Carson who's um, leading the polls right now I think uh, for the Republican Party or Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Okay, so who said it, Ben Carson or Mac? Starting quiz. It's nobody's choice; it should be left up to God. So this is talking about abortion.
1: Ben Carson on abortion or Mac on abortion? Uh, Ben Carson.
0: <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> <'Cause Mac>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so I was trying think, to
1: think back to that abortion episode. But...
0: Yeah. Which is a great episode. It's <laughs> super funny. Anyway, uh, number two. Not only would I probably not cooperate with him, I would not just stand there and let him shoot me. So is this either Ben Carson in the aftermath of a mass shooting or Mac on thwarting an armed assailant in Patty's pub?
1: Hmm. Carson.
0: Correct. <laughs> uh, number three. It's the worst thing that has happened in this nation since slavery. And then there's a second quote. In a way, it is slavery because it is making all of us subservient to the government. Uh, Carson. So Ben Carson on Obamacare. Or Mac in response to the ease at which Dennis and D received welfare. <laughs> it's Carson. Carson on, on Obamacare, let's see. Correct. I think I actually remember him saying yeah. that one. Um, okay, next one. It clearly says in the Bible that gay marriage is wrong. This is Ben Carson in response to the historic 2015 Supreme Court ruling. Or Mac in response to his former transgender girlfriend marrying a man. Uh-huh. Mm. Mac I'm going to go with Mac as well Yep, Mac Okay. Right. These liberals are trying to assassinate my character Is this Ben Carson addressing media bias? Or Mac attempting to disprove evolution?
1: Oh my gosh <laughs> Assassinate my character That sounds like something Mac would say
0: but I don't know. I Maybe. think it sounds like Ben Carson. Okay, I go with that. Ah, oh, right. it back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, think about Nazi Germany. Most of those people did not believe in what Hitler was doing. Second quote. But did they speak up? Did they stand up for what they believe in? They did not. And you saw what happened. Is this Ben Carson on Democratic leadership or Mac on Frank's rules as new owner and sole proprietor of Patty's?
1: Oh, goodness. Ben Carson. Yes.
0: Ben Carson.
1: So much better at this one.
0: <laughs> okay. People... I love this quote. <laughs> <laughs> right. See if I can get through it without laughing. People who go into prison, go into prison straight. And when they come out, they're gay. Is this Ben Carson on whether homosexuality is a choice? Or Mac on his father's incarceration? Oh, ben Carson. <laughs> that one is totally Ben Carson. Yep. That one was, was I laughed really funny. I out
1: loud in my cubicle
0: when I heard this one. Yeah, like, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. Like, he he's said this in an <laughs> interview somewhere. <laughs> like, he's trying to, like, justify the idea that uh, homosexuality is not a choice, therefore it shouldn't be legalized or whatever. No,
1: right. homosexuality is a
0: choice. Or, yeah, it is a choice, and therefore it should be legal to, have, you know, gay marriage. And he says, like, how do you know that it's a choice? Well, because people go into prison and they come out gay. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that that's his go-to response. Like, that's the first thing that comes into his mind. I wish we had an audio (laughs) clip of that. Uh, I'm sure I could find one, but not in time for this. Um, Anyway. Uh, Last one. If we can't be in the school zone, maybe we need to train somebody who can be. Someone you'd never suspect could stop a shooter is this Ben Carson on preventing school shootings or Mac on preventing school shootings
1: hmm I don't know I haven't had a Mac one in a while let's go with Mac
0: okay correct although I'm pretty sure I've heard Ben Carson say something similar to this
1: again that's why they're comparing the two right (laughs) (laughs)
0: 75% six out of eight (laughs) Cool. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that was fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At least Mac is a make-believe person.
0: Right. And that's and that's what's so scary about people like Ben Carson is, you know, <coughs> you never know what it, is, what it is that they actually believe because a lot of the things that they profess to believe are just so out there, so ridiculous. Um, it's, what is it, Poe's Law. You know, mm-hmm. you don't know if somebody's trolling you or if they're legitimately just insane. Right. You know. So... Um, So that's the the light and fun stuff that we have. Um, So let's get into the most recent stuff concerning uh, the Mormon church and homosexuals. Um, Do we want to get into their recent announcement, or should we start with um, the other thing that happened a couple weeks ago?
1: The Ballard thing? Yeah. Uh, we can start with that. There's not a lot to say about it.
0: Okay, so everybody knows that the Mormon Church is is uh, pretty vocal in their opposition to homosexuals, um, kind of generally, and in their support against. I guess it could, shouldn't shouldn't call it support. Their opposition mm-hmm. to um, gay marriage. Right. Um, everybody knows about Prop 8. There were a few other propositions. One in California. One in, in Hawaii. Um, There may be others that I'm missing. Um, Basically, the Mormon Church has spent literally millions and millions of dollars of, you know, tithing money and donations from church members fighting against gay rights. Um, And they have made some efforts to uh, help the gay community. um, Like with homeless shelters, they've given some money. We don't know how much exactly. Uh, But there was an article that came out recently that said that they had donated... To a charity in Salt Lake City that helps gay teens uh, who are homeless, uh, which is great. Mm. Um, and then there was something else. Oh, they they helped pass a bill in Utah recently um, that would make it illegal for um, landowners to evict somebody for being gay, mm. um, which. Or to some, refuse them housing, or to, yeah, so they can't refuse somebody housing because they're gay, which for some reason I had thought had already been a battle that we had won, but apparently I was wrong. So yeah,
1: this was the compromise. This was yeah, so this was the compromise,
0: and this gave the Mormon Mormon Church leaders um, the opportunity to come out and say that they are supportive of gay rights; they just don't like gay marriage. Right. It's like, okay, but they're kind of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Marriage is a right.
0: Right. So um, so a couple of weeks ago, or last week was it, um, there was an event held in Salt Lake City called the Congress of Families.
1: World Congress of Families.
0: World Congress of Families. And this is an organiz- organization, a national, international organization, which has had a lot of impact on... Um, in, so, in certain countries, especially in Africa, um, getting, or trying to get bills passed that would either imprison or give some form of capital punishment to homosexuals. Um, there's the famous Uganda kill the gays bill, um, which I, if I remember correctly, they ended up not passing the part that says that they would uh, be sen- sentenced to death, but they would be uh, sent us to prison um, and, and the World Congress of Families supported this okay mm. and uh, there was another one where they went to I think it was Russia and you know praised uh, Putin for all of the you know anti-gay propaganda that he was spreading making it illegal for anybody to even talk about homosexuality openly in public um, and things like that and World Congress of Families is all about that. Okay, so in more ways than one, especially on the international stage, World Congress of Families is is bigoted, it is homophobic, It's promoting all of these terrible things that will hurt um, homosexuals, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and two weeks ago, or a week ago, whenever it was, um, they had their annual, you know, big conference thing and they did it in Salt Lake City, and Elder Russell M. Ballard, one of the, the apostles of the Mormon Church, spoke at this event. M. Russell Ballard. Oh, M. Russell Ballard. <laughs> Russell uh, Did I say Russell Russell M., M. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. There, there's a bunch of them that all have similar sounding names. Is it Russell M. Nelson? Yeah. That's what I got mixed up. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, So Ballard goes to this event, and I think he was like the keynote speaker or one of the main speakers, and he gives them his support. He tells them, well, Corinne actually read the speech. I only got snippets of it. Um, Are there any, like, points that you wanted to refer to or or talk about?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, he just talks about the important role of families in faith um, and goes over what the church believes as far as the family's concerned. He goes into the plan of salvation. Mm-hmm. I mean, his whole talk is fairly dry. It's nothing nothing really new. Um, there are a couple of things that he said that were eyebrow-raising. Yeah. Like, um, towards the beginning of it, he talks about um, how in today's world, marriage and children are increasingly marginalized, which just made me stop yeah. <laughs> reading for a while. Oh, yeah. Just the whole idea of, marginalizing um, well, it, doesn't make it, just, any sense. it doesn't make sense it doesn't make
0: any sense because what, what's happening with um, the Supreme Supreme Court ruling is it's broadening the definition of marriage so that it, it can include more people to get married and have kids and, and adopt okay mm-hmm. and he equates that with marginalization yeah. of families and children Yeah, traditional like, or, families yeah. that's it the... doesn't make any sense yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't have a ton to say. Okay, so
0: it's it's dry. It's it's more of the same kind of stuff that they've been saying for years. Yeah. Um, it seems to be that uh, the church, in a, in a lot of ways, is is trying to um, define their position more clearly. Yeah. Because in a lot of areas, especially more like liberal areas, there is some confusion about what church policy is. Regarding homosexuals. Which brings us to the next. Well, there's still some stuff. Oh, there's more stuff? Okay. Yeah.
1: Basically, again, with the marginalization thing, I mean, this whole thing, like, the church is really good at being subtle about being condescending Uh to people and in enhancing the persecution complex. Mm -hmm. That's why I think, you know, he uses the word marginalization. He says that people are actively trying to strip us of rights. Um.
0: <laughs> Which is something that they throw out a lot. Not a just lot. Mormons.
1: Which is it's just hypocritical because they're trying yeah. to strip other people of rights. Exactly. No one's trying to strip them of their right to still be married to a man or a woman. Exactly. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> stripping your right of having children, of adopting children. That's mm-hmm. what they're doing. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, there was one story though that he brought up. It kind of is like that. Um, the story of the two um, gay men that mm-hmm. adopted each other or whatever in that the you know twist what actually happened to suit their needs or whatever the story was about a school in massachusetts i guess um where gay marriage was already legal this happened i think a while ago it wasn't like recently
0: well massachusetts if i remember correctly was one of the first states to legalize right right
1: and this happened i guess just after like right around the time when it happened that gay marriage was legalized and in the school So, I'm just going to read this first paragraph. He says, I am reminded of the story of young children whose school read stories about two princes falling in love. The school presented this material with no warning or notification. When parents asked to be notified if the story were read again in the future, the school refused. So, he's automatically painting this school Mm -hmm. that is supporting gay rights as the bad guy. And he... He even included a link in the, you know, a reference to the the actual story. It was on NPR, so I read the oh. story. And it's not that's not really what happened. Yeah. What happened was, it was just story time in a classroom, like a first grade classroom. And one of the kids picked out this story mm. and wanted the teacher to read it. So it wasn't part of the lesson plan. It wasn't something the teacher had <laughs> planned on teaching. It was story time, and the kids wanted to listen to this story. Oh. The kids and chose the, it. The kids chose it. <laughs> well, at least one of the kids chose it. Oh. And... And parents got wind of it obviously because you know kids would went home and talked mm. about it or whatever and one of the kids was like It's silly, you know two guys ended up getting married or whatever uh, because they're six Right, well, they don't understand <laughs> they don't understand they, they it. understand it at all right you know? and so it just caused this huge uproar But the school didn't necessarily refuse not to notify parents. I mean they came back and said marriage gay marriage is legal and with that with it being legal it needs to be talked about in schools kids need to be aware of both because they we don't want to exclude or ostracize or marginalize children of gay parents or children who might be gay
0: which is a position that that makes total sense to me
1: yeah (laughs) it does and it's just it's just hilarious because it was the child that wanted the story to be read it was not an agenda Mm -hmm. from the school i don't know i just think it's
0: it's Yeah. Oh, they're they're omitting facts.
1: Yeah. They're omitting facts and they're is, twisting it.
0: Which is something that the Mormon church loves to do. Mm. Omit facts. Yeah. They're very good at you it. Know? I mean, try try getting a, a Mormon to talk about their church history. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, most of them will just avoid it. Yeah. So I do have a quote
1: that I think will tie into the next thing that you want to talk about, though. All
0: right. Do you want to talk about it now?
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean, there really isn't that much new stuff to talk about from this. Okay. Right. It was. Annoying to read, but whatever. <laughs> so this is towards the end of his little talk. It's just before he concludes, and it's under his section called "Guiding Principles on Loving One Another."
0: Um, Guiding principles on loving one another.
1: Yeah. Leading up to this, he's he's talking about how people opposed to like traditional marriage and stuff are, or who are in favor of gay marriage, are diminishing diversity and they're skewing the scales of equality, things like that. And he goes, okay. he starts and he says, Just as we do not or should not shun family members with whom we disagree, we cannot and should not shun those who look or think or act differently than we do. We demonstrate our best humanity when we show love and kindness to all of God's children. Which, and then a week right. later, they come out with the new policy. The new policy. Yeah.
0: Wow. That is, I don't know. It's just like everything that they say sounds like the opposite of what's actually going on.
1: And it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's all smokescreens.
0: Yeah. And it, and it's the sort of thing that to a believing member of the church like like it will kind of bolster their ideas, mm-hmm. it will reinforce a lot of the things that they they believe already. Yeah. Um it'll give them more of that Christian persecution complex that we love talking about. Yep. Um yeah, it's like they're they're they've picked their target audience and they're just pandering to them and hoping that they don't look elsewhere, right. which we know that the church doesn't want them to look elsewhere mm. because they've been very vocal about that recently. Yep, general <laughs> conference. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's get into the announcement. Um. The new policy. It
1: exploded on it, social media. Yeah, just
0: absolutely exploded. <laughs> like people that um, I've never seen comment on. Um, religion at all ever on social media mm-hmm. are commenting on this um, and voicing like like real concerns and like uh, real strong negative emotions as a result of this so basically what the church did is it came out with a new version of the church handbook of instructions so church handbook of instructions is the handbook that they give to local leadership so bishops state presidents um, and, and so on, um, so that everybody is on the same page with regards to policies and discipline and running meetings, um, that kind of stuff. Like, like, if this situation happens, what is the church's policy on how we handle it? So, so in, in this, um, they, they changed the definition of what an apostate means so that it would include a homosexual who gets legally gay married. Or cohabitates. Or cohabitates, which is a new thing because it didn't used to be that way. Mm -hmm. It used to be that if somebody was cohabiting in a a gay relationship, that it was kind of up to the local leadership to decide if they needed to have some kind of disciplinary action. Um, You have like, uh, what what do they call it? The disciplinary council um, to decide if they are an apostate or whatever. Now it's mandatory. There is no no gray area. And really this, this part doesn't bother me that much. Um, it seems like an inevitability, like right. it's just kind of a long time coming right. for them to come out with this hard line against actual homosexuals doing homosexual things. Mm-hmm. You know, because for a long time they have come out and said that you can be homosexual in the church as long as you don't act on any of your impulses. Right.
1: Well, and this just kind of follows that. Mm-hmm. Someone who's cohabitating is not is acting on those.
0: Right. <laughs> So so that part kind of not makes a sense. Huge to me. Surprise. Right, it's not surprising to me it kind of makes sense from where they're coming from. The next part extends that to children of homosexuals in a, a homosexual relationship, either married or cohabiting. They cannot receive baby blessings or get baptized at the, at the age of 8 to join the church if they live in one of these kinds of households. They have to wait until they turn the age of 18 so become a legal adult. And they have to formally disavow same-sex marriage. Mm. And they have to get approval from the First Presidency, which is the highest um, office in the church. Mm-hmm. Like, you have the president of the church and his two counselors. That makes up the First Presidency. Like, like you don't get higher than that without talking to Jesus himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, that's, so, so they're adding ad- additional hoops to children. That are not necessarily gay, do not necessarily even support gay marriage, and and uh, the the rationale that a lot of people are giving is that this is supposed to protect the children, mm-hmm. so that they don't have have to choose between their gay parents and the church, okay, as children. True, right? <laughs> they they will have to when they become an an adult, mm-hmm. um, which raises an interesting question because um, there are a couple other groups. Um, that are in this same boat, specifically polygamists. Okay, So if you are raised in a polygamist household, um, you cannot join the Mormon church until you are 18 and disavow the polygamist lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Okay, So that's kind of where it, it stems from. Like They're extending that policy to homosexuals. Uh, at least that's how it, it, it's been explained to me. Um, and I kind of understand where they're coming from, like not wanting to cause rifts and that sort of thing but the church doesn't really have a problem with causing rifts in other areas right you know it's like like you don't have to have a parent who i don't know doesn't drink or doesn't smoke or you know even if you have like just cohabiting straight parents Mm. those children can still become members even though cohabiting straight parents not married straight parents um, is against church policy as well Mm you know.
1: Yeah. That was one of the better responses I found on Facebook and it was from a guy that was generally in support of this but he did say something similar. He said, he said it that he hopes that the church will extend it to situations like that right. where because, uh, where like even heterosexual couples like maybe are inactive and Mm. the child wants to go to church all the time like that still causes familial strife and that's what the church is saying that they're trying to prevent from having children of homosexuals getting baptized they're trying to prevent familial strife right but it's not going across the board it's not equal in
0: all groups right if they were really serious about this they would extend that to all children yeah like have it be you know, 18. eighteen as the the legal age to get baptized and join the church mm-hmm. for everybody. Yep. The fact that they're singling out children of homosexuals um, is important. Yeah, it, it's significant. Right, and it's uh, it's it's uh, relevant to you know the, the po- politics of the day that okay. kind of thing. Um, Especially
1: because homosexual homosexual marriage is legal, polygamy exactly. isn't legal, and comparing it to that isn't the same.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that John DeLynn from Mormon Stories. Um, pointed out in, in one of the posts that he made was that now um, gay marriage is being equated with polygamy and murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's being equated with all of these like legitimately bad things. These things which are illegal, mm-hmm. and it's legal. Yep. It's legal to get uh, you know same sex married now, uh-huh. um, but in the, in the eyes of the church, it's it's just as bad, or. At the very least, it requires the same kind of tiptoeing and policies. Um, anyway, so, so the response on social media that I've seen, by and large, has been um, uh, not liking this particular policy. Right. Most of the people that I know have come out, like even like faithful members, have come out and said, this is wrong, this is the wrong move mm-hmm. for the church, mm-hmm. um, I can't believe that they would do this, this is really making it hard for me to stay Mormon. i've seen a few people who are active mormons say i'm not sure if i want to associate with this church anymore because it it really is um a discriminatory policy yeah you know and it's
1: denying blessings i think that's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing like if i was still a true believing mormon that would have been the big thing right because they are all about the children Mm -hmm. they're about families and they're denying yeah something that is inherent to the doctrine Mm
0: -hmm. to these children Exactly. And and from and that's why so many of the believing Mormons are having such a hard time with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they, they see that disconnect, that, yeah. that incongruency, mm-hmm. the, the way that they say one thing, but they're doing, doing the other thing, like another thing mm-hmm. or an opposite thing to a specific group of children. Yep. You know, that's why it's so hard for them. Um, so, let's see. So, some people have come out and said that they actually support it. That they understand a lot of it. the
1: people on my Facebook feed
0: really have. I've only know. seen a few people do it. Well, actually, no. It, the initial response was very negative, and as time has gone on, over the la- the, the last day in particular, um, more people in support of it have been vocalizing it. Yeah. and I think a large part of that has been due to the fact that one of the apostles, I forget which one, was it Christ Christopherson? Christopherson mm-hmm. um, did a video, a press release, explaining the the rationale. And it's just, you know, it's more of the same thing. It's just, it's protecting the families, it's protecting the children. Okay. We don't want to cause undue strife, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just absurd. It's totally absurd. And it's giving um, certain kinds of believing Mormons just excuses to, 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 you know, continue to toe the line. Right. Um, anyway, so so why is this important? Like, why does it actually matter? Um, because... From some people's perspectives, and I kind of touched on this a little bit on the response that I wrote on Facebook, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing that the church is drawing this hard line and making people choose. Um, from the perspective of somebody like me who's an atheist that doesn't believe in the church, this is going to push more people um, out of the middle to our side. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so from that perspective, it, it, I see it as a good thing. Right, in the long run. In the It'll long run, it will the be right. Secular. But uh, so one of the things that you and I talked about last night when we were discussing this mm-hmm. um, is that along the way, you yeah. know, in the short term, there will be collateral damage. Mm-hmm. And I've had a few of my true believing Mormon friends try to min- minimize the damage that, that could be caused by this, yeah. you know, saying things like, well, it's, it's not going to affect that many people. Like, what's yeah. the big deal? Like that kind of thing, which is just totally demeaning and belittling. Um, it, it doesn't have the kind of perspective that uh, I, I think would show empathy. Right. Um, because, you know, in the periphery of all of this stuff, even if it's not somebody that is directly affected by it, th- this policy continues to breed prejudice within the Mormon community ag- against homosexuals, mm-hmm. and every generation of young people born into the church will have gay people, and they will have to have the same fight over and over again that so many people have had, you know, for generations within the church regarding homosexuality. Um you know, so the collateral damage is what concerns me, um, mm-hmm. because Mormon, you know, gay Mormons already have a, a history of committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the uh, one of the articles that um, was posted on Facebook that one of my family members commented on was an article. Let's see if I can pull it up. Um, yeah, here it is. Um, it's from a website called Mormons for Marriage. and the title is "I would really rather be dead from Stuart Mattis. So Stuart Mattis was um, a gay Mormon. Um, he was raised in the church and he had this you know very common sort of self self-loathing about his homosexuality. He prayed to God to have his homosexual urges taken away and it never happened. And this was before, you know, the the Mormon church came out with the softer approach of saying, um, you know, homosexuals are welcome as long as they don't act on their stuff, Mm -hmm. on their, their, you know, impulses.
1: This is when praying the gay away was a thing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So so this was still when people were advocating, you know, like like what Elder Packer (laughs) used to say, you know, if you pray hard enough and are sincere and fervent enough, Mm -hmm. God will make this easier for you, Mm -hmm. implying that. You can in fact pray away the gay mm. um, well Stuart Mattis um, wrote quite a bit um, about his dealings as a gay Mormon um, there have been books and articles written um, about you know stuff that he's written um, I think his mom wrote something about it as well but uh, you know at, in 2000 let's see it says February 25th 2000 um, he shot himself in front of the steps of a Mormon stake center um, because he just couldn't take it anymore. And
1: so it was after what was it? Prop 22,
0: prop 22, which was the predecessor to prop eight. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So the, the effects of prop 22 and the implications of what that would mean for him as a gay Mormon was too much for him to bear. And he shot himself. Mm. Okay. So this is, this is the stakes that, that we have with, With homosexuality and Mormonism. You know, like, and each generation of new people being born into the church that are born gay are going to be faced with the same kind of stuff that Stuart Mattis and Matthew Shepard and other people um, have had to struggle with, you know. Like, it's great that in some ways they're taking the softer approach, but this policy of of painting homosexuals uh, as apostates and not allowing children of, of homosexuals to be um, members of the church. That's just going to continue the prejudice that already exists. It's going to make it stronger among the core members of the church. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Let's see. So, I'm trying to think of where else I want to go with this. I mean, do you have anything to add?
1: Uh, not really.
0: So, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot recently, um, you know, kind of in you know the vein of Mormon culture being homophobic kind of inherently um, so so I work in um, uh, treatment okay so in particular for troubled teenagers okay and so so I you know I come across gay kids now and again um, there was a lot of, of gay acting out But not everybody that acts out homosexual, uh, you know, actions um, is necessarily gay because a lot of these... don't have another sexual outlet. Exactly. Like a lot of these kids don't have a sexual outlet, so they just, you know, do it because other people are doing it, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But, you know, a lot of the kids that I interact with um, are legitimately homosexual, okay? And because we live in Utah County, and the treatment center that I I work at um, is... You know, predominantly Mormon, with its employees. You know, this mentality of homosexuality isn't necessarily a legitimate thing, or like they shouldn't be acting on it, and all that kind of stuff. It bleeds into um, the culture at the facility that they work, mm-hmm. even among you know the, the educated professionals, healthcare professionals who should know better. You know, this is one of the thing that one of the things that bothers me. The most about it is that some of the people that are um, displaying this discrimination, this bigotry, um, are healthcare professionals. Yeah. Mental healthcare professionals. People that I know for a fact, having gone through similar courses, have been taught that homosexuality is a normal thing. Um, and in fact, I, I went to a, a course at, at BYU, um, uh, an abnormal psychology class, and the, the teacher there was very. Um, particular um, in making the point that this is what science says about homosexuality. It is not necessarily incongruent or not, not necessarily um, in line with church teachings. And she wanted to make it clear that as healthcare professionals, we needed to side with science when acting as healthcare professionals. Like we couldn't just let our belief system, um, even though we believe it to be true, to dictate our professional um, interactions. interactions with with these people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I know, like, like in particular, there, there's a couple people in particular that I know um, hold these prejudices. Therapists, um, and I know that they have gone through these types of courses through the same types of professors that I had. Um, so they should know better. Mm-hmm. Okay. So having said that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a big uh, disclaimer. Uh, um, anyway, so um, a couple weeks ago, um, I had a conversation with a girl. She's 15, 16 years old. She's, um, you know, severely depressed. She um, she came to me on on uh, uh, because she um, is suicidal. Okay, and I didn't know why she was suicidal. Um, she had attempted to take her own life a couple of times and so I was talking with her after one of these attempts Um, I have to be a little bit careful about how much detail I give in the story because of confidentiality Um, but uh, so she had, had just tried to take her own life and somebody had caught her and I attempted to talk to her after this attempt and she kept saying how depressed she was, how she didn't have a good relationship with her therapist. And later that day, um, she had a, a phone call with her mother, her, her legal guardian mother, not her actual mother. And she told her mother that she had feelings for another girl at this facility, that she thought that she was a homosexual. Okay. And this girl, um, the, the response that she got from her mother, not really a surprise to me, because her mother is a you know a more mainstream Christian, didn't accept it, didn't support it, told her that she wouldn't be welcome in her home. And, and, and this, you know, it's hard for this girl to hear this. It's hard for anybody to hear this. Um, but the response from her therapist afterwards was what stood out to me her therapist told her um, was it worth it was it worth it to give up your family and your religion so that you could be with this other person and I was just I was just livid like like I, I just wanted to yell at this person you know, and, and, I, and I did a little bit of digging, and it turns out that this particular therapist is a therapist in training. She has a supervisor. She's not uh, you know, a, a, a full-on therapist um, yet. She's, she, uh, she graduated from BYU with a master's in um, marriage and family therapy, which, <laughs> which anybody who is familiar with this degree or has, is familiar with the writings of Dr. Daryl Ray... Will know that this is something of a diploma mill for uh, you know Mormon-owned Brigham Young University to to pump out therapists and healthcare professionals um, with a particular ideology in mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So she's in training; she's she's learning how to to interact with you know kids that are are gay, and you know I I, I didn't know how to respond initially to this girl, um, but I. I did find a note. Um, so this is a note written by the girl um, to the the other girl that she wants to be with. Okay.
1: Wait, is this the one you had me read?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh I thought she wrote it to you.
0: No. She wrote <laughs> she wrote this she wrote this to the girl, the oh. other girl. And oh. and I I found it. Um, So they're not supposed to be writing notes. I I assume that the other girl got this note. Um, Anyways, so I'll I'll just read it. There's a few typos in it, so I may stumble a little bit. Um, Let's see. So it sounds weird, but yeah, I love her. Um, In parentheses, mom isn't thrilled. Today I chose so-and-so. Oh, so this actually isn't to the girl. This is to somebody else explaining the situation. That's what I thought it was to you. So, yeah. So she she chose so-and-so, the other girl, over my family and religion today. It's been a hard day. I love her because she isn't perfect. I care about her, her her scars and all. I'm nervous to be on my own. I'm all I have right now. P.S. Thanks for accepting me. So So here we have this girl. She came out to her parents as being gay. The response was predictably negative. The response from her therapist was unpredictably negative. At least Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing the therapist not necessarily, but Right. Uh you would hope that it would would have been have more positive. Yeah. Um And she isn't even Mormon. You know, this this girl that that came out. Mm -hmm. Like, she's not Mormon. She's just, you know, regular Christian. And her therapist is Mormon. And her therapist is letting her religious views get in the way of of helping this girl through this incredibly difficult situation. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, like, this girl is going through a tough time. And it it was made even worse that, you know, a a couple days later, um, the girl that she wanted to be with sent her another note um saying that she didn't want to get in trouble so she didn't want to be with this girl Mm -hmm. um and so i had another conversation with this girl um about the implications of that and she said like it's difficult because even though um i can't be with the person that i want to be i still have these feelings i'm still you know i'm still feeling i still feel like i'm gay Mm -hmm. um and I was like, okay, well, at least now I know that it's not just a phase. You're not just rebelling or right. that, that sort of thing, which is always a concern, mm-hmm. um, you know, with with troubled kids, um, because some of them legitimately do these things um, for attention or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not; like, she really is gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I told her, uh, I think it was after our first conversation, that I was proud of her. I thought she made the right decision. Um, and I, you know, gave her a fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so that at the very least, she knew that somebody recognized what she was going through, mm-hmm. and and you know, some people listening to this sort of thing will probably commend me for doing that. And, and sure, that that is a commendable thing to do. And I don't regret it um, because people like her in her position need support. Um, but. I shouldn't be the one supporting her. No, like it shouldn't be me. Right. Like it, it and hopefully, the very least, it should be the therapist. Exactly. Like, like the therapist at the very least should be supportive of her making such an important decision mm-hmm. and well, sticking around. Whether she the agrees ground. with it or not. Yeah. Like yeah, exactly. Like that's what upsets me. Um, I don't know if it upsets me more than anything, but it, it upsets me from a professional standpoint. Um, you know, working in this environment here is this therapist who's letting their religious beliefs get in the way of healthcare, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's upsetting. It's, it, it, I don't even know how to respond to that, Mm -hmm. you know, or if I should, or how I could, you know, I suppose I could talk to their supervisor or whatever, but, but again, like everybody that works there is Mormon or most of the people that work there are are Mormon Mm -hmm. and deep down they hold similar views. So like the best I could hope for realistically is them saying, yeah, they probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah. You know, but, but still thinking, it's a good thing they said it. hmm You know? hmm So that's what's hard for me, personally. But, you know, like, I just feel bad for this girl because here she is having this difficult situation that she's going through, coming out to her parents, um, coming out to her therapist, mm-hmm. standing her ground, giving up her religion, possibly giving up her family so that she can be who she is, so that she right. can be gay. You know, and and my when when I heard um what her therapist said, you know, was it worth it giving up your family and your religion? My thought was, You're damn right. <laughs> 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 it's absolutely worth it to give up homophobia. It's worth it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: worth giving up people that would oppress you and tell you that you're a sinner just for being who you are. Like it is worth it. Mm-hmm. Um and that, and that's the you know the kind of stuff that makes this sort of thing important to me, and why I decided to actually post something on Facebook because I, I you know oftentimes I don't, mm. um, I'm not generally confrontational on social media. I prefer you know face to face interactions, <laughs> except um, for the one time. Except for the one time, <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know. Maybe we should actually do a segment on that. The conversation we we mentioned it on I think the first episode where I I changed my profile picture on Facebook to a a rainbow picture of Mormon Apostle uh, Elder Packard or Packer um, and the uh, the explosion that happened on my my Facebook page over that but I don't know thoughts
1: nope (laughs) nope (laughs) nope
0: yeah so the conversation is important. I think that's the takeaway.
1: Yeah,
0: um, it matters that you know it, it, the Mormon Church has every right to be as bigoted as they want to be,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and people have every right to leave. Mm-hmm. But there is collateral collateral damage along the way. People like this girl coming out mm-hmm. to her parents and having a Mormon therapist belittle and undermine um, you know the important decision that she made. Mm. Um, people that are still stuck in the church and haven't told anybody that they're gay people that haven't even been born yet that will be raised Mormon and realize that they're gay and Mm -hmm. have to deal with all of this all over again it's not going away Mm -mm.
1: Um, not anytime soon
0: yeah you know the the church the Mormon church is not a welcome place for for homosexuals it just isn't and it's up to members to decide whether or not that's okay with them Mm. you know yeah. Anyway, kind of a sad note to end on. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so that's our show.
1: Oh, thanks everyone for listening.
0: Yeah, actually, I let you read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, remember that you can email us at circlesquaredpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a review on whatever platform you find us on. You can also check us out at the show's blog at www.circlesquaredpodcast.blogspot.com and we will see you next time on the Circle Squared Podcast.
1: See you later. Um,
0: I, don't I, don't have really of, yeah, I don't know
1: how much I play for the